Hi, and welcome to the Undercover Woo Podcast. I am your host, Abby Lou Walker. I'm a mom, wife, author, and the founder and CEO of Vivian Liu, a multi-million dollar company that sells insoles for high heels. But we're not here to talk about business. We're here to explore all things woo, one conversation at a time. From astrocartography and breathwork to yoni steam baths and zodiac signs, this podcast is an invitation for fellow newbies and non-believers to join me as I venture deeper into the world of woo. My wish is that these conversations help both you and me find ways to quiet our self-doubt, live unapologetically, feel less overwhelmed, clean the homes and bodies in which we live, strengthen our intuition, and become unstoppable in our pursuit of peace and freedom. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Undercover Woo. I am Abby Lou Walker, and I'm recording this podcast from my home in Denver, Colorado. I am the mom to two kiddos, one determined rescue cat, and the sweetest adopted dog. I am wife to a full-time working husband who supports my dreams and wild whims while simultaneously rolling his eyes. I am also the founder and CEO of Vivian Lou, a multi-million dollar company that sells insoles for high heels. So how did I end up here? hosting a podcast about Woo? Great question. I've been intrigued by all things Woo for as long as I can remember. As a child, I felt and noticed things that others didn't, but I stopped paying attention in early elementary school. It wasn't until I turned 25 that I started to feel again. I could trust my gut and be open to different ways of thinking. I started exploring feng shui and rearranged my spaces to accommodate the flow of energy. I started wearing things that made me feel more courageous. Okay, sure, high heels aren't very woo, but holy moly, they have some sort of superpower. I did yoga to open my body. I started keeping a journal and writing down experiences, noticing commonalities and themes. At the age of 28, I got married. It was and continues to be so interesting to observe the role that birth order, life experiences, and personality types have played in our marriage. When I had our son, my heart exploded with a love and joy I never knew possible. Since day one, he's taught me so much about patience, about humor, and pushes me to be a better communicator. When I had our daughter, she broke open an entirely different side of me. Because of her, I can finally see and feel color. She's shown me what it's like to be a free spirit and to march to the beat of your own drum. At the age of 34, by all measures, I had made it but I had once again lost my connection to all things woo. I had a good career and income, married a good man, birthed two good kids, lived in a good neighborhood in the good state of Colorado, ate good food, and drank good wine. But there was just one problem with my good life. I was slowly dying from it. Please allow me to read you an excerpt from my book, Strap on a Pair. Every day was the same. I got up at the ass crack of dawn and checked my phone to see what crisis had appeared overnight before I even crawled out of bed. I went downstairs to let out the dog and then back upstairs to the bathroom, resisting the magnet-like pull of my still warm bed and sleeping husband. I begrudgingly turned on the shower, got myself ready, and then struggled to pick out an outfit. I woke up my sleepy kiddos to get them dressed. My son, who was now three, woke up cheerfully and readily followed instructions. My daughter, who was now eight months old, hated waking up and resisted me at every move. I ushered them downstairs and made breakfast, praying that they wouldn't spill food on my clothes. I threw food into the cat and dog bowls and refilled their water bowl before I packed up the kids' things and then my things. 
I ran upstairs to wish Bill a good day and kissed him goodbye as he finished getting ready. Before walking out the door, I'd put on my high heels and muster up some superwoman power to get me through the day. I struggled to fasten the kids in their car seats and set off for daycare. After walking the kids to their respective classrooms and giving them a kiss on the head, I headed to work. I could do this routine in my sleep, yet it wasn't easy. Some days I took the long way or went through McDonald's drive through just for a Coke so I could have a minute or two to myself. Those days, one minute alone was more precious than a pair of Christian Louboutins. Pulling up to the office building, I parked my car in the same spot and took a deep breath. You can do this, Abby. As I walked into the lobby and pressed the button for the elevator, I prayed no one would approach me. I was too tired to make small talk, but by the time I stepped out of the elevator, that fake happy smile was plastered on my face. I waved to my colleagues as I made my way to my office, sat down at my desk, and plugged in my laptop. Here we go again. I looked at my schedule, which was packed with meetings. Great. I'm double booked three times today. I'd carefully craft excuses as to why I was not going to attend this meeting or jump on this call. I was already letting people down, and the day had just begun. Effing awesome. I used to care about the bullshit. I'd even go so far as to say that I loved the bullshit. It made me feel important. I knew how to play the game, and I had made the varsity team. But suddenly, I was tired. I was over it. I was empty. I went from one meeting to the next with to-dos piling up on the corner of my desk and in my notebook. When am I supposed to actually work? After a day of pretending to feel important, I looked at my watch. Crap! It's 6 p.m. I ran back to my office and grabbed my laptop, scrambled to the elevator, and frantically pushed the button a few times. I raced to my car and headed back to daycare, driving too fast in a desperate attempt to make it before closing. I pushed open the doors and ran to my kids' rooms, apologizing. I am so sorry. A meeting ran late. Again. I packed up their things, buttoned their coats, and struggled once again to get them in the car. The minute we got home, I turned on the TV and plopped the kids in front of it. I let the dog out and raced upstairs to tear off my jewelry, kick off my heels, peel off my clothes, and throw on a t-shirt and a pair of printed pajama pants. I raced back downstairs to figure out dinner, opening the refrigerator and then the freezer. I really need to get to the store. Frozen fish sticks, box mashed potatoes, and peas it is. While dinner was heating up, I checked my phone. Ugh, 40 new emails. Hearing the garage door open, I breathed a sigh of relief. Bill's home. After dinner, Bill cleaned up the kitchen while I bathed the kids and tucked them in. Once the kids were asleep, I went back downstairs and sat at the kitchen counter while Bill watched TV in the other room. I opened my computer and tried to keep from falling asleep. And when I could no longer see straight, I shut down my computer, walked into the other room, and kissed Bill goodnight. I don't know how he stays up so late. I walked upstairs, got ready for bed, and checked my alarm so that I could do this all over again the next day. This was the good life. Every day was a struggle. And this was something not even the superpower of high heels could cure. I had once again lost my ability to feel. I was numb. I was the shell of a woman. I was what Clarissa Pincala Estes describes in her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, as dry-boned as death. My soul life had been burnt to ashes. One minute I was overwhelmed with guilt. I have no right to feel this way. I am blessed with an amazing husband and two thriving, hilarious children. 
I have a good paying job. I have a roof over my head and I never go hungry. The next minute I was consumed by anger. Pissed. I had worked my butt off to get where I was and I felt like I was sold a bag of poop. Is this all the universe has to offer me? The next minute I was overcome with sadness. My children spend more time with their daycare providers than with me, and the time we do have together is spent rushing to a birthday party or sitting in the car dealership getting the oil changed or shopping for groceries. I never just sit and play with my kids. Bath time has become our quality time. The next minute I was ashamed. I half-ass everything. I half-ass being a professional. I half-ass being a mom. I half-ass being a wife. I half-ass being me. If I'm being honest and do my math right, I quarter-ass everything. I was a pinball game of emotions, and I was tired. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved parts of my life. There was just something missing. I needed something more or something different. I didn't know what that looked like or what that was. I just knew I needed it. I desperately craved it. This longing was constant. I couldn't turn it off. It was like a pilot light waiting to be ignited just below the center of my ribcage. At times, it burned orange and dim and gently simmered. Other times, it burned so blue and ferocious and hot that I swear it was going to burn a hole right through me. I could numb this yearning during the mundane routine of the day, and by evening I was so emotionally and physically drained that I had no energy to notice it. Literally, no gas to ignite the flame. But in the dead of the night, when all was still and I was somewhat rested, the fire reignited. It would start slowly, and although I was asleep, I could feel it grow until it burned so hot that it jolted me awake. I honestly don't remember how often this happened, but I do know it was often enough that I needed to do something about it. How am I going to keep living the good life and satisfy this need for something more? I strapped on a pair and set out to find the answer. That was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. After a while, I once again started to trust my gut and was open to different ways of thinking. I started listening to the little whispers and was courageous and curious enough to follow the signs. I learned about EFT or tapping and with the help of my amazing coach was able to clear my blocks around money. I was able to also start overcoming my not feeling good enough, smart enough, or worthy enough. I hired an intuitive sales coach who forever changed my perspective on sales and money and introduced me to other forms of woo. We moved from Colorado to Minneapolis to Milwaukee and I learned how to successfully live in any space, from rented houses to corporate apartments, and I relied heavily on smudging and space clearing practices. I practiced gratitude for both my wins and my failures. My dreams became bigger and louder and I didn't shy away from them. With the help of so many, I launched and grew Vivian Liu into a multi-million dollar company. In 2016, I was able to cover my lost corporate salary and walk away from corporate America for good. Woo! In 2017, I wrote and published my book, Strap on a Pair, expanded Vivian Liu internationally, and we moved back to Colorado. In 2018, I launched a line of sandals and had record sales for Vivian Liu, but I also felt called to help women discover their thing or their something more though I didn't know what that looked like. It wasn't being a coach. It wasn't launching a business course. I just couldn't put my finger on it. 
but 2018 was also the year that my dog, who had been my co-pilot since age 25, passed away. My husband was in an awful bicycle accident requiring two hand reconstruction surgeries, and the rental house in which we were supposed to live in for another year suddenly felt all wrong. I became acutely aware of energy flow within the house and numerology. That space was so wrong for us. Fortunately, we were able to get out of our lease and buy a house just down the street. In 2019, I was able to manifest the perfect rescue pup, despite Bill saying no to getting another dog. Vivian Liu had amazing sales, but quickly became unprofitable, and I lost my motivation. In May of 2019, I once again felt a little whisper to help women in some capacity, but I had no idea how, so I pushed it away, and I fell less and less in love with Vivian Liu. In an attempt to revive the love, I signed up for my first tarot card reading. I was so nervous, but it was incredible. I also enrolled in a course on how to align the soul of your business with yours to co-create something amazing. During my one-on-one sessions with the instructor, we never once talked about my business. She always just tapped into my chakras to clear stuck energy, some of which was ancestral energy passed down through generations, which I happened to find so intriguing. And I tried unsuccessfully to meditate. I was desperate to reconnect with Vivian Liu. But in October of 2019, my son got sick. He missed three weeks of school and spent three days in the hospital. I was so incredibly grateful that Vivian Liu continued to run and operate despite me not being there for three weeks. Still, something was off. In January of this year, I realized with the help of my mastermind group and after three days of super clean eating that I wanted to sell Vivian Liu. It hit me like a lightning bolt as soon as I was asked the question. And it was such a relief to say it out loud. Yes, I wanted to sell Vivian Liu. I described it as sending your child off to college. Vivian Liu needed to expand and grow, but I didn't want to be the one to do it. Perhaps after I sold Vivian Liu, I'd get clarity on how I can be of service to women. Well, the universe had other plans because COVID-19 hit. Overnight, people stopped buying insoles for high heels and no one was interested in purchasing an unprofitable company, especially one with very few sales. Like so many other women, in addition to my full-time job, I also became a school teacher, a maid, and a short-order cook overnight. It took every ounce of energy not to spiral into doomsday. I was and still am so incredibly grateful for our health, my husband's stable job, customers who continue to purchase insoles for high heels, though dressing up and stepping out is limited these days, and my kiddo's sense of humor and ability to just roll with it. But I was in a really bad space. So I started wearing high heels every day because in my opinion, there's no better way to lift your spirits than slipping into an incredible pair of high heels, even if you pair them with yoga or pajama pants. I dove into my numbers, dialed down the business, and cleansed the company of all unnecessary expenses. And while sales are still way down, the company is once again profitable, which is awesome. And I am slowly falling back in love with my business. I also had this incredible urge to go lay in grass. So every day while the kiddos were on their computers for school, I would kick off my heels and put my bare feet into the grass. Before too long, and despite my fears of what the neighbors might think, I was flat on my stomach, legs spread, face down in my yard. Crazy? Sure. Amazing? Yes. It's the power of earthing. I felt all of my anxiety being pulled from my body into the center of the earth. 
What's even more odd is that every time I stepped outside, blue jays would appear in our backyard. Not just one, but many. At one point, as I face-planted into the grass, five blue jays sat above me in a tree singing. I couldn't help but think this was a sign, so I googled symbolism of blue jays. According to some, the blue jay symbolizes clarity and vision. I could feel that something was on its way. The message that I couldn't receive in 2018 and again in 2019 was finally on its way to me. I was so excited that I would one day soon discover how I'm supposed to help and inspire other women. And on May 3rd, just a mere three weeks ago, it struck. It was a cold but beautiful morning in the mountains. We had driven up to Frisco, Colorado the day before just for a change of scenery. On my morning walk with the dog, a crow kept following us. He flew from the trees behind us to the rooftops in front of us, calling as he went. Eventually he left, but as the dog and I rounded our last corner, there he was, sitting on top of a pile of construction material on the lot kitty corner from our condo building. He made one final call and flew away. Interesting, I thought. Normally I'd be a bit concerned that a crow was following me, as I've only known them to symbolize bad luck, but I didn't feel that way at all. I was intrigued by this bird. So once again, I googled it. Turns out, crows symbolize transformation. The Native Americans asked crows for wisdom in times of need. The Celtics believed the crow carried secrets between their feathers and was a sign sent to them by oracles. We later drove back to Denver, and I headed to a local nursery to pick up a rainbow of flowers to plant in my pots. We cleaned the house, and I made dinner like every other Sunday. After dinner, my daughter wanted to watch a movie on the iPad. I wanted to read Women Who Run With the Wolves. That book had been calling to me for weeks. I had read parts of it, but I had never started at the beginning. I laid on our couch, draped my legs over Vivian, and started to read. As soon as I opened the book, I knew I would find the answer. By the end of the introduction, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. There was no question, no timidness, no shying away. My new mission, goal, and passion is to help women explore all of the different ways to reclaim her wild in her quest for peace and freedom, ways that many refer to as woo. My alarm went off. It was 8 p.m. Every night at 8 p.m. in Colorado, we step outside and howl as a thank you to the healthcare workers. We opened the front door to howl. It was a good one. Even the neighborhood dogs joined in. I sat back down on the couch, turned the page, and read the title of chapter one, which was appropriately named The Howl, Resurrection of the Wild Woman. I smiled, closed the book, found a notepad, and wrote down more than 80 topics about which I want to learn more and share with whomever is interested. Does all of this sound a bit woo? Good, because it is. This is just how it goes if you let it. Once you tap into the universe, listen to the little whispers, be open to all possibilities, magic happens. This is how I'm supposed to be of service. To explore and share all of the ways both you and me can quiet our self-doubt, live unapologetically, feel less overwhelm, clean the homes and bodies in which we live, and strengthen our intuition. If you are craving something more or something different, I invite you to join me. I dedicate this podcast to the woman who is dying of her good life, who is tired of quarter-assing her way through every day, and who is looking to lead a more purposeful existence in her quest for peace and freedom. Please take what's for you and leave what isn't. This platform will explore numerous alternative paths, paths that most certainly are not for everyone. But who knows, they may just inspire you to take action 
evoke your curiosity, and perhaps even reignite your soul. Let's go.